Just so everyone is aware, I will say video cast sometimes because I actually have a YouTube channel. If you would like to check me out, it is called The Gospel Call. There you can watch my sermons and interviews with people where I ask for their thoughts on the afterlife. I go through the good person test and even talk about the wonderful plan of salvation, like how Jesus paid for all our sins. Yeah, that one. I also have a TikTok channel at The Gospel Call No Spaces and Instagram, also The Gospel Call No Spaces. So thank you very much for checking out my podcast. I hope you enjoy it. God bless. What then shall we say was gained by Abraham, our forefather according to the flesh? For if Abraham was justified by works, he has something to boast about, but not before God. For what does the scripture say? Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness. Now to the one who works, his wages are not counted as a gift, but as his due. And to the one who does not work, but believes in him who justifies the ungodly, his faith is counted as righteousness. Just as David also speaks of the blessing of the one to whom God counts righteousness apart from works, quote, Blessed are those whose lawless deeds are forgiven, and whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man against whom the Lord will not count his sin. Shalom to you all, and welcome to another The Gospel Cop Podcast, not Codpast, Podcast, <laughs> with your host, Samuel David Spoonar. I am your host. I probably should have clarified that. Either way, you probably have seen me before. Today we're doing Romans chapter 4. I love Romans. I've said that before. There's so much theology. Oh, and just deep stuff that like we, we just ignore for some reason. Romans is so ignored. I, I don't usually see like good Bible studies through it. I know Mike Winger definitely has some. Um, I don't think even my dad has really done a good Bible study in Romans though, but I know Mike Winger does. Um, but that is not the point today. I just want to like take it you know, make some strong points off of it. I'm going to read it through, see your guys' thoughts, okay? Uh, so, two, I am going into some of what this chapter goes into, uh, which is um, Abraham being justified by faith and how Catholicism, uh, Jehovah's Witness, and Mormons just, for some reason don't read this chapter, I guess, or even the last one, because they both coincide. But let me just start reading to get your guys' thoughts going. Okay, so let me just unpack this a little bit first. Abraham, he didn't earn his righteousness through his works. And that if you earn something, it's because of a do. It's because you you earned it, ultimately. It's not a gift. It's not something you were freely given. It's something that was owed to you. And as we know, our sins are owed to us. We'll get to this in Romans chapter 6. But our, our sorry, not our sins are owed to us. Our death is owed to us because of our sins. Because of the sinful deeds that we have committed, then we have therefore earned our death punishment and that that is why Jesus's payment makes sense because he paid for us and so then that is a gift because we're not trusting in ourselves we are trusting in 
Jesus in God, ultimately, we're trusting in God to be justified. So just like Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness, right? He realized he couldn't earn it, or at least he ultimately just had faith in God for righteousness. And so then that made him just before God, because that's ultimately what God wants you to have is faith and trust in him, which then brings about a relationship. But that's going probably a little too deep. Uh, and so then Paul just quotes David there, a, a psalm. I believe it is, uh, is it going to tell me? Psalm 32, 1 through 2. So you can look at that. Um, but again, blessed are those who lawless deeds are forgiven and whose sins are covered. So it's not talking about like, it, like if you had yours, uh, paid off, it wouldn't just say like covered or forgiven here. Like it tr truly blessed is the person who had his sins forgiven or like someone else covered them for him, right? It, it's just, it's very true. He's just making a true statement here. Okay. Continuing on, I talk too much. Is this blessing then only for the circumcised or also for the uncircumcised? Because you have to remember this church was filled with Jews and also other groups, Romans. Uh, for we say that faith was counted to Abraham as righteousness. How then was it counted to him? Was it before or after he had been circumcised? Okay. It was not after, but before he was circumcised. He received the sign of circumcision as a seal of the righteousness that he had by faith while he was still uncircumcised. The purpose was to make him the father of all who believe without being circumcised so that righteousness would be counted to them as well and to make him the father of the circumcised who are not merely circumcised but who also walk in the footsteps of the faith that our father Abraham had before he was circumcised. Okay, so because this just makes sense. It, it's a question that the church would probably have asked him like, do you need to be circumcised to then have faith? Or like, can you only be justified if you're circumcised? I, I'm guessing probably questions like that. Because, you know, it, it's kind of a new covenant. And Jesus had spoken to these people, had, had spoken specifically to Paul. There's a reason Paul's writing this, because Jesus uh, spoke with Paul and gave him all this understanding. And like, okay, here's how it's laid out in like theological order. I want you to write this to these churches. Then the ultimate idea here is that, no, your circumcision won't change anything. In fact, Abraham was justified before he was circumcised. So his circumcision didn't change anything. It was just, uh, it was a sign to show that he had faith and trust in God. And I think of that like people, even Jews, as they should be today and as they had been before, is that their circumcision was a sign of they were God's people. They put their trust in Yahweh. They put their trust in, in ultimately the one true God. So then as Christians, our circumcision should be of the heart. So our circumcision should be shown on from the inside to the outside, right? Um, but that's just, again, that's like going forward. Um, 
Guys, please comment below. Give me your thoughts. I really want, I want good discussion here. Okay, so continuing on. For the promise to Abraham and his offering that he would, offspring, sorry, that he would be heir of the world did not come through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. For if it is the adherents of the law who are to be the heirs, faith is null and the promise is void. For the law brings wrath, but where there is no law, there is no transgression. That is why it depends on faith, in order that the promise may rest on grace and be guaranteed to all his offspring, not only to the adherent of the law, but also to the one who shares the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all, as is written, I have made you the father of many nations in the presence of the God in whom he believed, who gives life to the dead and calls into existence the things that do not exist. In hope, he believed against hope that he should become the father of many nations as he had been told, so shall your offspring be. Okay, so Abraham was promised ultimately to be the offspring of, of many nations and not, not just one, not just two, because if it was many nations, he would, or if it was two nations, it wouldn't, he would not have said many. He is going truly deep. Paul is going truly deep with this. And the uh, this is even goes with the promise where God said to Abraham, he said, through you, I will bless many nations. He said that as well. And that God will use Abraham to bless every single nation, person in the world. And, and many, many of them will be influenced because of him and will ultimately be blessed. Now, it's not to say every single person in those nations will receive this blessing. And that that's not like going with some Calvinist view, like, oh, Jesus only died for certain people because um, I'm not Calvinist. But uh, I think that's reading way too much into that. But the point is, is God promised to Abraham that he would he would have a large number of offspring. And so when we have faith in Jesus Christ, technically then Abraham is a spiritual father, right? Just like then, just like we're adopted into God's family, we're grafted in because we're the Gentiles when we have faith in Jesus Christ. If, if you're not a Jew, um, even though the gospel is to the Jew first, we are grafted in and so we are conjoined and Abraham becomes kind of a spiritual father in that sense. Not, of course, literal, um, but that's not the point. Uh, it's very, very cool. And I think I think I invite such a thing. It's, it's, it's not like really weird. Like I think people could go too, too far with that. Um, but like I can sing Father Abraham you know, the kid song. And, and it's because he really started to have faith in God. He wasn't the first one to do it. It's that he was the first one to do it with, with a promise from God to then have a nation come from him. Um, and many people and, and, um, he would be the father of them all. Why God did it that way. I don't know, but I know God had a good reason because he's God and so whatever he is going to do is going to be the best. Okay, continuing on. He did not weaken in faith when he considered his own body, which was as good as dead since he was about 100 years old. I was going to say that. He was pretty old when this all started to happen. Or when he considered 
the barrenness of Sarah's womb. No unbelief made him waver concerning the promise of God, but he grew strong in his faith as he gave glory to God, fully convinced that God was able to do what he had promised. That is why his faith was counted to him as righteousness. But the words it was counted to him were not written for his sake alone, but for ours also. It will be counted to us who believe in him who raised from the dead Jesus our Lord, who was delivered up for our trespasses and raised for our justification. And there's the big thing. It's not just about having faith, really. It's having that faith in Jesus Christ and the one who raised him from the dead and for our justification, for our righteousness. And Abraham received that righteousness because he trusted God through all of that. Now, that's not to, it, he says he didn't waver. I have a hard time believing that personally <laughs> because he had some, like, if you read the story, like it was clear, he had some doubts, he messed up, you know, he ended up having a child with Sarah's um, maiden. So like clearly there were some doubts going on and he kind of took things into his own hands. But there was a point at which he had trust, real trust in God. He just had to come to that point. And I think that is what it should be for everyone, right? Whether you are Catholic, Jehovah's Witness, or even Mormon, you need to have faith in the one true God, in the one true Savior that died for us on the cross. I'm not talking about just in the Bible or some religious book. I'm talking about history. These things that, like Jesus Christ died on the cross, he rose from the dead in history. This isn't something that is made up. This isn't something that, like the Mormons, they have... They have their Book of Mormon that adds, the Catholics have their sacraments that adds, the Jehovah's Witnesses have the tower that adds. They all have these things that add to God's word and take away from pure faith and trust in Jesus Christ and ultimately in God, which takes away from the relationship. And Mormons will say, oh, you have to love the Lord your God perfectly after all that you can do, right? Not all Mormons will say that's what they believe, but even then they don't trust in the real Jesus. They say they do, but it's not ultimately the historical Jesus when you get down deep. It's some human being who earns his godship, which is not correct at all. And in fact, uh, again, Mormons, there are those who, they say they don't believe that, but it, in their church, deep in their church, that is the core belief what will what they will get to eventually. With Catholics, pretty obvious, right? They have sacraments. I've met Catholics who will say, oh, that's just religious stuff I do. I trust in Jesus. And I'm like, oh, praise God. That's what you should do. Jesus said, he that believes on me shall have eternal life. In the Greek there, present tense. From the instant that you trust in Jesus Christ, genuinely from your heart, you will have eternal life. So why shouldn't we just give up our sins to him? Like people say, well, you know, you still should do good things. Like, of course you should. I think you should always do good things. But that's not to say that will justify you. That's not to say that that will bring about justification. And if Paul is saying that faith is what justifies you, why do you need more? Why isn't that enough? Why is it not trusting in God? Because ultimately, that's what you're doing, right? You're trusting in God for your righteousness. You're putting that burden on him because Jesus Christ paid for our sins. 
you're putting that burden on him. Okay. And he was the one that said, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest for your souls. You know, my, I, I have a meek and lowly, I'm, I'm meek and lowly of heart. My burden is light. Take my yoke upon you. And that it's all built upon the law of faith, just like we talked about in last chapter, is that it's all built on, on this idea of trust and of faith. Faith is something so little and so small because we're ultimately trusting in God's grace and we receive that grace through faith. Faith is something so small, and I know it's really small right now because I'm trusting this camera to not turn off right now and the battery not to die. I'm also trusting this microphone to be working right now. I didn't test it for some stupid reason, but I'm hoping it works. Um, I guess you'll hear. I'm trusting this chair I'm sitting on right now, right? I'm trusting this roof not to fall on me. It's such a small thing that we don't even think. I need to trust that. Like, I don't trust this roof. It's going to fall on me. Clearly you are because you're not running out of the house. That's the thing. Trust, faith, it's all so little and so easy and so simple. So when God changes everything over to this, he he like pretty much was like, okay, so work with this guy. He got it. Let's just transfer everything over to that. It took a while and there was reasons for that that God knows. I'm not going to explain all this. But this is the problem with Jehovah's Witnesses, Mormons, Catholics, and even just other Christians who think they need to add works along with their trust in Jesus. They say it's not fully justifying them or it's not it's not like unlimited righteousness. But if we're trusting God for our righteousness, why is it not unlimited? Right? Why isn't his grace isn't unlimited? Why is it saying that our our sin is greater than his love or greater than his grace? We're essentially putting God down by not trusting him, right? It's just like not giving God glory. You're also putting God down in in that same situation. We don't mean to, but we do it indirectly. So not trusting in God, not fully trusting in God is putting him down and saying, well, you're just not good enough. You know, your payment wasn't good enough. So we need to have true faith alone in Jesus Christ. And if you disagree with me, talk me in the chat. You know, let's let's discuss these things. I suggest that you read Romans chapter 3 first uh, and through chapter 6. Um, you know, this all with all this said, it's not to say that we should just continue in sin. That's what chapter 6 talks about. Um, so I will be going into that. Thank you all so much for joining me. It's been a little short. Um, but you know what? I hope you've enjoyed it and gotten something out of it. Uh, just keep reading God's word. Just stay close to God and keep trusting him day in, day out. And if you're not a Christian, you know what? Maybe this can be a start. You might be an atheist and think this is stupid. But you know what? You're watching this this far. So maybe God's trying to talk to you. God's trying to tell you something. God's trying to get a hold of you. So... God bless you all again. Thank you so much for watching this, and I hope you all have a wonderful day.